With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year and that's just part of what comes with the patreon Uh, just uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning there's always going to be fantasy football talk whether it's redraft whether it's dynasty i joined a couple leagues with the patreon members and it's the same thing even in even while we're drafting we're still shooting ideas at each other and if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family Ooh, what's happening guys happy wednesday and welcome to the dynasty war zone the people's dynasty podcast on tonight's show we are going to redraft the rookies from the 2021 class we're going to put a bow on 2021 so that we can start joining all of our comrades at all of the other dynasty war zone shows that are already talking rookies but i'll tell you who's always going to be the 101 in my redraft in my dynasty draft as it relates to co-hosts there is none better than the man of the hour and the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. What's up, buddy? Aren't you such a sweetheart giving me the 101 like that? He probably meant the 301, but I'll take it. I'll run with it. I'm good. How the hell are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I'm, I was humbled last week. So we had our boy Dallas last Monday. And then this past Monday did uh, an episode of the Rookie Rundown. And then our buddy Kyle had Dallas Back on last Thursday, they did some recapping of a seasonal perspective on the rookies. Then our smash hit brand new show, the Dynasty War Games with our buddies Jesse, Mike, and Chad. They come out and smashed it with a rookie game. So the whole theme of this show is going to be games, hence the title, Dynasty War Games. Well, they did a game where they tried to match up this 2022 rookie class with the ideal landing spot. Now, that's available over on YouTube. It was on last week's uh, podcast feed, if you're a podcast consumer. And then they dropped a show this past Tuesday. You don't want to miss out. Go to go to anywhere anywhere where they can hear our voice, see our faces. They should be subscribed. No? 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, I listened to the first half of the War Games one. I haven't gotten to the second one. I don't have to drive all the way to East Lansing anymore, so I get less time to listen to podcasts. Absolutely effing phenomenal. I'm not going to go full adjectives because YouTube doesn't like it. You can guess where I was going with that one. They, they don't like it one bit, but I do like that show. Jesse, Mike, and Chad, they cut their teeth cutting Patreon podcast exclusively for our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And those guys are doing a great job. Episode two is up. Check it out. And uh, so, Jerry, we got to get on, on the rookie action, but I want to close off 2021. I want to look back and say, hey, where were we drafting these guys last year versus where are we drafting them now? We have the knowledge now. We have the understanding of what they're going to look like or what we think they're going to look like. We're going to do super flex. We're going to do tight end premium. And Jerry asked me before we hit the record button, how many rounds are we going to do? I was like, I don't know. Depends on how this show goes. We have a lot to cover. So, uh, Jerry, you know what time it is. It's time. You you have provided us with content for everyone's favorite segment. It is good people, bad tweets. This one comes from our friend Andy Buckler, at Andy underscore Buckler. And Andy says, Cortland Sutton is a top 10 fantasy receiver with even a decent quarterback. Now, Jerry, you sent that to me, right? Yeah. Here was my response. I mean, literally, literally I have nothing. I was like, I, I like Cortland Sutton. He's got tools in his tool belt. I could name five rookies, just five, five rookies that I would rather have than Cortland Sutton. Forget about Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and uh, – Jamar Chase, I guess he's a rookie. Justin Jefferson, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. I don't know if Andy's a Bronco fan. Seems to be a nice enough fella, but that's a pretty bad tweet, Jerry. Now, now you pointed that one out to me. What were your thoughts? My question would be based on what? Now, I know he had an 1,100-yard season, but what in is, recent Is that history? the accomplishment hey. it used to be? I mean, no. he did he did he did have it in the 16 game format, so he did yeah. not have it this year. But even with would. a decent quarterback, would would that make Jerry Judy go away? No, and would that make no Noah Fant shows Fant up go and away? Javante Williams and everything else? But like, what what would he have to do to be a top 10 dynasty wide receiver or fantasy wide receiver, which would be even harder? 1600 yards, 1500 yards, like a. <laughs> Are we really seeing that out of there? I just, I just don't. I think there's, it's a, more there's touchdowns. a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, I guess. But there is so many good wide receivers in the league. Wide receiver is easily the best position, in my opinion, in the entire NFL. Just talent up and down everywhere. To put him in the top ten, I just, I cannot foresee a situation where it could possibly come to fruition. I agree, and I'm I'm pulling up basic ESPN rankings because I want to tell you what it would take through all 17 games, by the way. We're not one of those bullshit podcasts that cherry picks. Oh, well, if you go through week 17, no, no. We're using the full sample. Now, I see, I see you pointing yourself. You would. You would totally cherry pick. If it suited your narrative, you would totally do that because you're a son of a bitch. Now, in fairness to Mr. Andy, Hunter Renfro was – the wide receiver 10 this year. So maybe, maybe it's not as far-fetched. Let's look at Hunter's numbers. Now, he did it on volume. 
He did it on volume and touchdowns. He had 103 catches. If, if I'd have offered you, like, you remember the Price is Right? The good mm-hmm. Price is Right with Bob Barker when we were kids and you were home for school from sick and, you know, you were watching the, the, the yodeler. And if, you <laughs> know, if, if, if I had asked you, you know, like the, the yodeler, Jerry, guess how many receptions Hunter Renfro had on the season? You might have said 70, 75. Yeah. Even if you multiplied the full season by five, you've been like 85. No, it's 103. I don't think I ever can see a world where Cortland Sutton would get 103 catches. Not in that offense. Not not with Jerry Judy there. Not with Noah Fant there. Uh, K.J. Hamler, he should be back. Is, is he the third wide receiver there? Is K.J. KJ – I'm thinking of another guy who's with the Chargers. Speedy little slot wide receiver. Tim Patrick's there. They just extended him. You got Albert Okwabunum. I mean, there's a lot of options. Do you ever see, even with an Aaron Rodgers, do you ever see the opportunity where he's going to get that kind of volume that would vault him into that wide receiver 10 position? Maybe if top only, 18? If, if only Aaron Rodgers only looked at Cortland Sutton. If he decided everyone else on there was the equanimous St. Browns of the world and he just didn't look at them, then maybe. But I don't foresee that happening. I don't see Aaron Rodgers going there either. So, no, I, 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 thought, the, it was, I thought it was an immense reach. I, I think the best case scenario for Andy and his tweet on Mr. Sutton is this, is, is the Mike Williams season. Mike Williams finished as wide receiver 12. He had 76 catches for 1,146 yards and nine touchdowns. I feel like that He's, was all in the first three weeks of the season. Uh, you know, he, I'm looking at his by-the-game breakdown, yeah. He had the first three games were four touchdowns. Then he had none. Then he had two. So he had six in the first five games. And in the last 12, three. So, uh, but but to say that he could have a season like that, I guess it's not as far-fetched. It's not as far-fetched, but I just, it, it would be tough. Without the touchdown volume for me, I, I think that's a very tough conversation. Is that kind of where you went when you saw this tweet? Yes. It, it would take a lot of things going correctly for Cortland Sutton. That's just too much for me to accept. A uh, good friend of the show and host of the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast in the YouTube chat, Mr. Tyler Gunther said, the other 35 wide receivers ahead of him would have to retire. Tyler, that's just not nice. But I like Cortland Sutton. Good thing, good, good thing other good friend of the show, Nick Whalen's not here. Big Cortland Sutton guy, Nick is. So I think Nick could definitely stitch together an argument as to why Sutton is. I, I think if you ever got like a top 18 season out of him, I, I think you're, you're doing good because if you're doing startups next month, you're probably going to get Sutton as your wide receiver three. Yeah. And if he ever gives you top 18, 15 production, you hit the lottery. Congratulations. You should probably win your league unless you're unless you're bad at this. But you're not bad at this because you listen to the Dynasty War Zone. And if you want to take it to the next level, Jerry, where do they go? Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty War Zone. We didn't even rehearse that. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty War Zone. And I know what you're thinking. I I don't need to join a Patreon to get better at Dynasty. But I just have one question for you. Just one question. How's your way working out? Now, maybe... I said that to someone who won 19 dynasty championships and you are the ass kickers ass kicker. Hit me up in the DMS. We can maybe find a spot for you here on the rotation. But if not, if you're struggling to win, if you're struggling to, to get to that, that, that finishing spot where you can, 
you know, really compete for championships? Are you always stuck in the middle? Is that been the way you've been doing it? And come for one month, one month, patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone. I, I guarantee you, you like it. I guarantee you, you may not like it, but I guarantee you, I'll like it. And Jerry will like it. And we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you going. The group chat, the individual help. Jerry, I've been doing contractors again. Now yeah, it's Patreon. I saw, it's, it's I saw Patreon it. only. Quite, quite the list set up too. Dude, I, I have got like a ton of these things to do, but they're great. It's so much fun because you're helping people get better, make better rosters. And then when you get the follow-ups 12 months later, and they're like, hey, I won a championship. Hey, thanks for helping me. Those deals we made, the advice you gave, I want to ship. You know what? And, and, and for a one-month investment just to see what it looks like over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, might not be the worst thing to uh, to check out, Jerry, but uh, you know why these people are here, right? For the single two greatest words ever. Now, albeit we're doing it a little different and we're looking back in time, but Randy, what in the absolute hell are we doing? We're going to do some drafting. Now, you didn't know this. I was like, you know, I really want to dive into the 2022 rookie class. I really do. A ton. I've already done a YouTube-only video on the quarterbacks. It's called 10-ish Good Rookie Minutes with Memphis. And I talked about my initial thoughts on the QB class. I did some rankings. You're only going to find that over at YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Dynasty Warzone. Boom, it's on there. I posted it last week. I'm going to do a running back or maybe a tight end. I don't know, Jerry, whatever the hell I feel like. But before I start digging deeper into the 2022 class, I've got to put a bow. We have got to put a bow on the 2021 class. And I thought, man, what a better way to do it than a mock draft. Everybody loves a mock draft, Jerry. So we're we're going to go. Um, I'm going to defer. I won the coin toss because I wrote the show sheet. But I'm going to defer. I am going to give you, do you want the 101 or do you want the 102? It is super flex. This way we can talk about the QBs and it's tied in premium. That way we can talk about more than just Kyle Pitts. So you have uh, you have the honors. You want to go or you want me to go? Uh, I'll go. I'll go 101. I'm going to go. You want me to just kick it off? Let's just fire away. Just go. It's a draft. Okay. We are going to go with the biggest playmaker. I don't care that it's super flex. I don't care that it's tight end premium. Premium, excuse me. Jamar Chase is the pinnacle talent of this draft. Um, the things that he could do as a rookie are just absurd. He's my one-on-one. Not even going to think about it. Let me ask you a question. Let's let's say you are in a super flex, and that's what this is, and you really, really, really needed a quarterback. Maybe your team is one of those complete trash dumpster fire teams and you yep. don't have a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Now we have talked a million times on this show that the, the NCAA is providing us five to six wide receivers a year that can come in and start. You're probably going to get one or two studs and you know, it's not to, not, not to diminish J- Jamar chase, but if you were in a complete rebuild and you really needed quarterback help, would you potentially trade back to the 102, the 103, the 104, the 105, accumulate all those extra assets? Because this is known information now at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So so could you trade back to the 102, 103? Because you know you're going to get a QB there. And would you take that whirlwind of picks and other young assets 
along the way? Or would you just go, I'm going to build around Jamar Chase, rookie QB, be damned? So here is my problem with this rookie class. How confident are you in any of the quarterbacks taking an immense step, Randall? Well, I'm not going to give away the show, Jerry. We're going to start talking about those here in just a so very, I, I, okay. very, very short answer, few seconds. To answer your question and to not sidestep it like the greatest politicians the world has ever seen, yes, depending on the value, I would I would trade back and do that. Because while Jamar Chase is a fundamental asset to any dynasty roster, contender, pretender, you know, rebuilder, whatever you got, quarterbacks in a super flex league are – you never know you have a quarterback problem until you have a quarterback problem. And then you realize how critical they are. So yes, depending on the value, but you didn't set me up for that. We were just going mock draft. So I went with the premier talent, Jamar Chase. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I thought about that. That was going to be my answer. If I, if you had given me the one oh one, is that I would look to, to trade back. I would, if I had to push the, the, even as bad as my situation was, I would go ahead and push the button on Jamar Chase. Hopefully someone circles back around later and I can make a deal. But I'm up at the 102, and I am going to take Trevor Lawrence. And I know, <gasps> gasp, Mac Jones. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm not, see, I'm not spoiling it now because we know who these guys are. I, I'm still taking Trevor Lawrence. W- would you say Trevor Lawrence had a significantly worse season than Mac Jones? Not significantly worse, no. Uh, because if you're going by fantasy points, Mac Jones, standard ESPN scoring, one point per 25 yards, four-point passing TD, Mac Jones outscored him by one and a half points per game. Now, how much better can Trevor Lawrence's situation get versus how much better can Mac Jones get? I think the the, the growth window for for Trevor Lawrence is pretty huge. I'm really hoping they get him a good coach. Obviously, they've got the 101. I hope they go Evan Neal, the big tackle out of Alabama. Um, that's a whole nother rookie conversation for a whole nother day. But for me, I trust him the most. Uh, I, I believe in what I don't, don't love his GM, but I'm not drafting his GM. So for me, I know this will probably create heat. You're going to get the, what about the upside of what about it? I hear was saying, if I'm drafting at the 102, this pick has to hit for my roster. It has to fit. Okay. Now, if I'm a contender and maybe I traded for this 102 and I'm sitting on a Josh Allen or a Dak or a, a whomever, a really good QB, then maybe as my QB two or three, I can gamble on the sizzle of someone else. But I'm just going to go Trevor Lawrence. It's not because of, of who he was, it's about his floor plus what I think his ceiling could be. So I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence, Jerry, 102. Uh, He would have been my pick as well. Uh, I know Mac Jones is there, and the upside of the running guys is all fine and dandy. I would have gone gone with Trevor Lawrence, too. Mac Uh, Jones, who? So three is tough, though. Three is tough. Okay, that's why you're here. Um, Help these people. almost Almost like ranking. We're almost like tandem ranking at this point. So this is something that I absolutely hate. And nine months ago, Jerry would have hated it even more. But I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. Like, I, I know it's tough, and I'm setting you up for an easy 104 probably. But he was great. And and where is he going to go? Is he really going to have one touchdown again next season? I just cannot foresee that happening. 
So I, I, the things he could do at 21 years old in the NFL, they're a tight end, which has a considerably longer, you know, career arc than running backs and every other position for the most part. I, I think I'm going to go with it. And because we're doing tight end premium, I am going to write Kyle Pitts down. I don't love it because I really, really truthfully hate going tight end this early. But my man proved me wrong. He came into the league. He came in, like Miley Cyrus said, and he came in like a wrecking ball, and he was a monster. Randy, if you hate it, let me know. If not, who would you go at three, and who will you take at four instead? Well, again, I'm drafting every one of these, not as if I've already got Trevor Lawrence, and now I can add to that. I'm drafting independently as who is the best value on the board. If I see conversation, I'll make it. But for me, knowing what I know right now, I am taking Najee Harris. This is what I call the Big Ben Roethlisberger corollary. As bad as Big Ben played, I cannot think, and people are like bitching like you saw the rumor. First of all, that's a good person, bad tweet. If you tweeted, oh, my God, what happens to everybody? Mason Rudolph is the quarterback. First of all, you're an idiot. Sorry, but I'm not sorry. You're an idiot. The Steelers are not going into 2022 with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback. What are they supposed to say? Now nah, the kid sucks. Go go full Zimmer? No, we don't need to name Mason the starter. We see him every day. No, they don't. They'll be in the market. They'll Maybe they, they make a move on Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they make a move on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Jameis Winston's a free agent. There's a lot of guys out there. And we've said this before. Dak Prescott made like 50 million bucks off the field in endorsements and whatever as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think it's worth to a free agent or to a guy to go to Pittsburgh? If Dallas is the number one franchise by value, Pittsburgh in the top three? Got it. Has to be in the top three. If not, I will I will not hear one word less in the top five. Pittsburgh is not going to have a bad quarterback. And you know what? The young offensive line didn't look too bad this season. And I have Najee Harris in my top three in a dynasty startup at the running back position. Good receiver, good runner. I, I think there's a lot of uh, – I think there's room for upside for a guy who finished in the top five at the position as a rookie. So for me, I know it's super flex, and I know upside, and we're going to get – we get a little bit deeper, it's going to be harder to ignore these QBs. But for me at the 104, knowing what I know now, it's easily Najee Harris here. Thoughts? Uh, I think so. I mean, I, I, I would have had Najee at three too. I was sort of in between the two. I just went with Kyle Pitts likely having a longer career, still a little bit younger than him, but I ain't mad at you because Najee's in my top three of dynasty running backs too. Honestly, that's why I said I was setting you up for an easy pick because I did not think you would go anywhere else there. At number five, there is one more skill position person that I would love to put in here, but I just can't recommend going away from a quarterback in this spot. So I can't do it. I'm going to set you up for him easily. I'm going to take McCorkle Jones in this spot. My man came in as a rookie. He looked good. You know, that's a tough situation to do it in New England too. Got him to the playoffs as a rookie. I mean, what more can you say? And and if at 105 I can get a quarterback that's a solid top 15-ish guy, I mean, I mean that's a win. You want these picks to be hits, my man's already a hit. So that, you know, going forward, you can't be mad about it. Uh, I mean, that's the safe pick. You know, that's like investing in old world treasuries. Very solid, very safe. Here's the thing. 
And we had this conversation in the Patreon group chat the other day. I am done overdrafting QB2s. That's Mac, that, that's McCorkle Jones's ceiling. His that's best fair. case his best case scenario is like a QB 10 to 15 season. That's his best case scenario. I'm not and, and then this is the exact mindset I'm going to be using when I look at this rookie class. That's why I'm not super enthralled with this rookie class. I really hope that all of my league mates, I can tell you in one league, I've got the 111, couple of 112s. You know how I roll. I'm really hoping my league mates overdraft these five young quarterbacks this year in 2022 because you know why? It just pushes positional talent down the board. So so since we went this route, how many more players do you have until you – because I feel like there's going to be a tier where we just go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's coming up. I, I tell you, I have the okay. guy that I'm going to draft and one other guy. Okay, before, so Jalen before Waddle. Jalen Waddle's going right here. No, no, that's where you're oh, wrong. Okay. That's okay. where you're wrong. Well, you're I'm going. Up, I'm going with Take my RB. I'm going with my RB five in a startup, and I know it's aggressive. It's very aggressive, kind of like the Pittsburgh situation, but similar but different. It's Javante Williams. The guy looks like it. I mean, he led the league in, in forced tackles or was in the top five. Split the backfield with Melvin Gordon, who is a free agent. I mean, the guy played great. He was the seventh highest scoring rookie. He scored more points in a split backfield as a rookie than Trevor Lawrence. Scored 20 less points on the season than McCorkle Jones. This is exactly why I would take Javante Williams ahead of McCorkle Jones. Can I find RBs with... 15 to 18 uh, points per game anywhere? No. But I can always go out and trade for a Tyler Henneke. I can band-aid something together with a Jared Goff if I lose like my main QB2. This is why, in this instance, I would have passed on McCorkle and went with my man, Javante Williams. It's just just that simple. Ready-made offense. Again, one of these teams could potentially win the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. And if it's Denver... It's going to be wheels up for a lot of people. And regardless of who the QB is, if Melvin Gordon leaves in free agency, which I kind of feel like he will, then it's wheels up for, for Javante Williams. I think this guy's uh, like the – he's the new version of, of, of a bell cow. He's never going to get 90% of the snaps. But if he gets like 65, 70, you've got a top five, top eight running back on a season. Easy peasy, Javante Williams. So I don't like taking running backs over quarterbacks. So the guy I would have taken in in the spot, I already mentioned him, Jalen Waddle. Dude's an absolute effing monster. Just catches up the wazoo. You you know, I I don't know how much more I could say about him. Honestly, I already I already prefaced that I wanted to pick him. I'm gonna take Jalen Jalen Waddle. Honestly, we're getting to the point where I'm not gonna love the next couple of picks we're gonna make here. I think this was the end, honestly, of like the I'm happy about having these guys. And the rest is sort of iffy, dart throws, if you will. I don't know how you feel about everybody Sketchy. after these first seven. Sketchy. Yeah. It's it's um it's it's not good. But I, I that was my other two guys. We said, you know, after you took Mac Jones, I said I still had two positional players. One for me was Javante Williams. For me, we talked about wide receivers earlier in the show when we were talking about Cortland Sutton is that the NCAA continues to feed us wide receivers. I've not done a whole lot of research yet on this wide receiver class. I've done some looking, 
There's Chris Olave. There's Garrett Wilson. There's Traylon Burks. I'm going to talk about Traylon Burks a little bit later in this particular show. Um, just a ton. Just a ton of guys that I could potentially get another wide receiver. I don't know that th- there's another Javante Williams. But then again, in fairness, this That's time fair. last year, this time last year, I liked Javante Williams. I liked his talent. I like what I had read. You know, I do like some cross indexing, some collective IQ, and fantasy Twitter liked Javante Williams, which made me nervous as hell. But so did PFF. But so did PFF, which is very analytics based. And then so did Greg Cosell, who's the ultimate film grinder. So everybody liked this kid, landed in a great spot, performed as a rookie. So for me, going back to your boy Waddle, I like it. Here's just, his situation didn't get worse, guys. The same OC is going to be there. They only fired the head coach that I know of. They are keeping the band together. He still has Tua. I don't love Tua. Don't give a shit. Don't need, don't need to love Tua. What I need is Tua to hyper-target Jalen Waddle a bajillion times a game. And guess what? He's going to hyper-target him a bajillion times a game. I don't care if they draft somebody else. You know why? Because they're not really going to draft anyone else that high. Why? Because they need offensive line help. Because they need other positions, and they still have Javante Parker. And maybe they bring in a free agent, but that's still, still not going to break that bond. That poor, super poor, broke, reaching to your pocket, feeling nothing but your leg broke. Similarity that Tua has with Waddle that Matthew Stafford had with Cooper Cup. You can't teach her poor. You can't teach chemistry. You can't teach volume. So I have no issue with your Waddle pick, Jerry. Good, good. What do we got? What uh, What's eight? Eight skate and donate is none other than Trey Lance. Now, it really came down to the two big upside QBs. Someone saying, but Memphis, why? Why would you take Trey Lance over Justin Fields? Here's the thing. I saw enough of Justin Fields in Chicago to know that I don't trust Chicago. Who's the head coach? Who's the GM? What are they surrounding him with? All I know is that Jimmy Garoppolo is 3-0 and in the playoffs when he's thrown zero touchdowns in those three games. It is befuddling. It is confusing. I am both flabbergasted, shocked, and amazed at what Jimmy Garoppolo is able to do. Sitting out an entire rookie year did nothing wrong for Patrick Mahomes. Not to say that Trey Lance is going to be Patrick Mahomes, but there are similarities. Offensive-minded head coach, really good team that he walked into, spent the year learning from a veteran quarterback. You know, he's going to have George Kittle, Debo, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, a really good offensive line, and a really, really, really sharp guy that helped make uh, uh, Griffin, Robert Griffin III, the rookie of the year in 2012. So much more upside than the unknown of what you get in Chicago. So for me, Superflex, the 108, this feels right. This is where I feel comfortable knowing that if this guy hits – I've got a top five to eight QB on my hands. And if he busts, it was the 108. I, I can at least sleep at night knowing that I burned the 108 and I didn't pass up Jamar Chase or Javante Williams or Najee Harris. I right. drafted him at where I felt comfy, Jerry. And I'm I'm cool with that. You're not worried that Jimmy G maybe gets another year. No. Because I, no. I, I no, honestly, because I was I was a little bit on that. 
But we've gotten to the point where this man is the quarterback of an NFC championship game quarterback, potentially into the Super Bowl. Hopefully Did you not. get here because of Jimmy G or in no, spite of Jimmy no. G? And no, I agree. I agree with you. I just think there's a non-zero possibility that he's the quarterback next year, and I would hate to have to wait two years for Trey Lance. It's it's, it's 50-50, in my opinion. It's 50-50 if Jimmy Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl. Then it's still a coin flip. Remember, Jared Goff got to a Super Bowl. They they invested a first-round pick. They gave him $100-plus million, and they were like, hey, get get out of here. Here, as a matter of fact, we're going to give two firsts and a third just to get you out of here. They don't have that investment in Jimmy Garoppolo. Plus, they could use the draft capital back that they maybe get a second or a third for Jimmy G, considering they just gave up three – well, actually, they they used one and gave a two additional firsts to get this guy. So you've got some some equity with the fans and the ownership if you're Kyle Shanahan and even – we'll throw John Lynch in there, the GM – you got to get Trey Lance on the field, especially if you lose in the AFC, excuse me, the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. That's just my two cents. That's that's kind of my mindset. I'm looking into the situation, not knowing at all, but feeling comfortable making that that decision. And if they lose in the NFC Championship, it'll almost certainly be because they couldn't outduel Matthew Stafford. So I, I would agree. And if I was in your shoes, I would have taken Trey Lance as well. With the ninth pick, I'm going to go with the other guy. Just because he does have a shot of, of, you know, coming out of it. You know, he's an elite prospect. He's shown that he can do lots of things at the college level. But that was a disaster in Chicago. And it's Justin Fields. But it was ugly, Randy. And, you know, he, he got his chances. Ew. Like it just, I, don't, I don't know what better to say other than we're at the 109. He's a, a high ceiling sort of quarterback prospect in a super flex draft so i'm not going to pass him up at this point don't love it certainly hopefully i've earned this 109 so i'm not entirely relying on him but justin fields don't feel good about it not not super upset though because if he's your qb3 and you're just gambling you're happy to have him there i think if you're drafting at the 109 then you've got a really good team and you can afford to you've already got your QB one kind of like I said earlier you know you can afford to gamble a little bit you can afford to gamble on the upside here's why I'm not a big fan of Justin Fields and it's because he now QBR is a stat it's an ESPN stat but it's a total QB uh, it's a total QB rating which values the quarterback on all types of plays so that includes his rushing, that includes everything, big plays, everything, and it's adjusted for the strength of the opposing defenses faced, okay? Justin Fields was the lowest-rated QBR quarterback on the season. You might say, but Memphis, what, what about Davis Mills? Nope. Zach Wilson? Uh-uh. Sam Darnold? Nope. Baker Mayfield? Uh-uh. The worst-graded quarterback in QBR on the season – was Justin Fields. Now, we know the tools in the toolbox. We know the speed. We know everything. But this is the spot where I feel comfortable. This is the spot where I I have seen, I have seen the big plays, but I have seen the horrible plays. The one net team passing yard in the game against Cleveland. Horrible. Just just absolutely horrible. Can he get better? Sure he can. Am I going to want to risk him, quote-unquote, getting better? 
with the 102, 103, where he went back last May, uh-uh, ain't going to happen. But yes, I, I feel that at the 109, you made a, a safe pick at the 109 because if it burns up, well, then you burn up the 109. But kind of like Trey Lance, if he hits and becomes a top five to eight QB, and you've already, like I said, you're, you're already pairing him with a with a Josh Allen, a Mahomes, a Herbert, a Burrow, someone like that, and he explodes as your QB two, boom, natural advantage. Because then you might have like a safe guy, like a Carr, a Cousins, a guy like that, who's a safe QB two in case that mobile quarterback gets hurt. It's a strategy play. It's a big play, but uh, I don't hate it, Jerry. How about that? All right, I'll take it. Who are we uh, We hit, hitting up for 10? This is where, in my opinion, it gets really dicey. Yeah. Because a lot of people are going to be and, like, let me, sorry, sorry to interrupt no, you. But you're like, good. So, so we got, we got through nine picks, right? And we're already, we've already gotten into the second tier of the guys that we just don't love. And now we're into the, the really dicey section. So just remember that come, uh, come the end of April. Just saying. But anyway, Randall, this this is this is a great this is a great point, Jerry. This is a great point because a lot of these good people are going to be out there, and they're going to be, you know, rookie fever has like a, a a spell. I don't have a sound drop that sounds like like magic, but it sounds like magic. You just think. I mean, I don't know that we'll get to him because I don't know how many picks we're going to do. But think about this time last year, Terrace Marshall Jr. Yeah. If you thought about the in a one QB league, this is around the range when you had to start thinking about Terrace Marshall Jr. last year. And you look back now and you want to puke in your hat and you want to ask yourself, what the did I do? So remember that. Just write that down. Put put a little calendar reminder in there when your GM sets the sets the rookie draft. Set a note for that morning, 8 a.m. local time. Hey, remember, dumb dumb, don't overreach for rookies. Because you can probably go out and get some established guys. My guy's pretty easy. So this is knowing the format. This is going to kind of baffle you a little bit. Being oh. tight end premium, I'm going Pat Fryermuth. Patty? Okay. I, I I like what I saw, man. Played one. No, he played one less game than your boy, uh, Mr. Kyle Pitts. How many less points did Fryermuth score as a rookie than Mr. Pitts? On the season, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. Your boy Pitts in tight end premium, one point seven five per reception. He had two hundred and ten, Mister Pitts. So what did Fryermuth have? I'll say one sixty. Uh, add twenty one. He had one eighty one point seven in this format in this tight end premium format. What was that? That's less than two two points a game. One, one point a game. Pat Pat yeah. Fryermuth eleven point three six. Kyle Pitts, 12.39. 1.03 points in this format. This is 1.75 tight end premium. I know some tight end premiums are, you know, 1.5. But in this format of the rankings that I pulled up, that's the gap. One point a game. And you had to use the third pick. And I got to use, the, what is this, the 10th? The 10th yeah. pick? I, I don't mind it. Um, I, I Again, I love the offense. Uh, is he ever going to be a volume hog like a Kyle Pitts, like a like a Travis Kelsey? You can't even call George Kittle a volume hog. I think he's a guy who's just going to be a blow up guy. Yeah, I, I think you're you're getting away with murder this late in the draft taking a Pat Fry again tight end premium. This is not tight end premium, and this is your standard 
tight end league, I don't make this pick. This is knowing the format and, and pulling the trigger because I liked what I saw out of Pat Fryermuth. And again, it's the Ben Roethlisberger corollary. It goes with Harris and Fryermuth and Claypool and Deontay Johnson and even Juju if he resigns. This is what happens because the quarterback can't get worse. I'm sorry. I love Big Ben. I remember Big Ben from 10 years ago where he had, he'd have like nine defensive players hanging off of him and somehow he'd pop Couldn't out of there down. and chuck the ball down the field. Hell, three years ago, Ben Roethlisberger threw for 5,000 yards. But these guys are going to get an upgrade. I, I can't pass on Pat Fryermuth here in tight end premium. Uh, I had a different pick in mind if it wasn't super flex or tight end premium, but uh, it's back to you. Thoughts on Fryermuth before you go 111? Cool with that. Cool with it. Believe it or not, uh, I would have called you a dope nine months ago, but my man's been good. And listen, just like the quarterbacks, if you're playing a tight end premium league, especially if it's a two tight end league, uh, you'll find out you have a tight end problem as soon as you have a tight end problem. And that's when you're going to realize you're going to need them. My guy, a little spicy too, uh, a Detroit Lion. I'm on Raw St. Brown. I knew it. I knew but, it. But Jerry, what about Devonta Smith? He won the Heisman, and he never was, heard of him. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, I have. Here, here's the problem. I'm on Ross St. Brown. In the things he did in the final, whatever seven games or eight games or whatever it was, it was like what Tyler Higby did a few years ago on steroids and for longer. What can you say? We were an awful team, and he consistently eight catches touchdowns in I think six of the last seven games just went bananas and you're a rookie you're able to do that what more can I say I there's a zero percent chance he can slip out of the first round I'm not going to let him and since this is my last shot at stopping that I'm going to do it I understand the risks of him which is why we're taking him at at 11 because there's a very good chance that that sort of hype and production doesn't continue but also the fact that it even existed at all presents the possibility of somebody that could be a star in this league, and you need to take a shot on somebody like that in this spot. Amon Ra, St. Brown, the Sun God. Several, several things, several, several things here, Jerry. Um, I, we mentioned this before a couple of a couple of shows ago, but when he really started to break out, which was week thirteen. Only Cooper Cup scored more points in that six-game stretch. And six games, that's a third, that's a third of the season. And what what does Cooper Cup, Hunter Renfro, and I'm gonna throw this guy in here. What what does what did these guys have, Jerry? Jalen Waddle. What does what does Amon Ra St. Brown already have with Jared Goff? Rapport. He's got rapport. And yes, I know that he, he may not score 151 points in six games. By the way, in that six-game stretch, that is 27 more than Justin Jefferson. Wait a second. It's 35 more than Jamar Chase. Oh, wait a second. Wait, oh, 45 more than Debo Samuel. Okay, that's how good his six-game stretch was. So we can be impressed with Jamar Chase, and you should be. He's the wide receiver one or two in Dynasty. But you can't take away what you saw. Even if you discount that production a third, if you get two-thirds of that, the guy averaged 25 points a game. If you get 16 points a game, you got a really nice high-end top 15 wide receiver. I think that's a steal. I think that's a deal. And I don't hate that, Jerry. How about that? You were expecting me to poo-poo your pick, and here I am a supporting bit. it. 
A little bit. Well, it's mostly because I like busting your chops, Jerry. True. Well, who are you going at 12 so I can bust yours? You know, it's I'm between two guys, and I'm going to take Don't Elijah Moore. I'm going to take okay. Elijah Moore. He had, he had an equally impressive stretch in there before he got hurt. Um, he had a stretch in there from week eight through, ironically, it was week 13. That's when your boy St. Brown took off. In that stretch, he went 13, 27, 13, 29, 9, 20. It's not bad. No. Not bad. Corey Davis on, on a free agent deal, he's not going anywhere. This team clearly hates Denzel Mims. Food poisoning, no food poisoning, lose 20 pounds. It doesn't really matter. Jamison Crowder, a free agent. Don't know what they'll do with Braxton Berrios. Could they bring in some more people? Sure they could. But at the end of the day, this is a, a, a team that's going to be in a division where they have to score points. You know, you're going to be playing Buffalo twice. Miami's offense is okay. New England's a little sketchy because their defense is good, but you're going to have to put the ball up. And, and I believe in this kid. Uh, I think he got underdrafted. Now, this is out of everyone that we've drafted so far, this is pretty close to where he was going last year in Superflex mocks. Now, I don't think he would have been a first-round pick. I saw him a lot at that 201 to 206. Depends on your league and depends on your league mate and what their belief was. But I still – I was between him and another guy. So I'll let you uh, you uh, give us a minute on him, and then uh, we'll, we'll start a second round. We'll see how far we get. I I like that pick. Uh, I would also take him over Devonta Smith. I just you know we have we have said our piece on Jalen Hurts, have we not in 2021? So I'm just going to continue that, and I'm going to like Elijah Moore too. Uh, and for my first pick of the second round, I am going to go with the other Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. San Francisco 49ers. I know he's not your cup of tea. I really just think he's going to be the guy there. Like, you know, like you said about Devontae Williams, not going to be a 90% carry guy. But even if he's a 55% carry guy in that offense, I really like him. I really do. He's shown what he needed to as a rookie to have this job. And I don't really think there's other great talent there. And I think he will emerge as the guy. And at 201, if I can get a guy that, do you happen to know where he finished off off the top of your head? I mean, it had to be pretty good as, as a rookie. Yeah, uh, well, no, no, no. like oh, uh, I, I as a running it. back overall by chance, because I mean um, it was thirteen or fourteen points a game, so he had to finish pretty well. Um, which it, which is good enough for me to take him in the second round, even if it was you know a couple points less than that, because he was he's been my guy. So Elijah R- Mitchell, sorry, RB twenty six. He missed four games. He technically he missed no, he missed one. He missed five games and had a zero and one, which tells me that was the game. And so he had a zero, then missed two games. It tells me he got hurt really early and then mixed in. I I like Elijah Mitchell, and it was between him and Moore when I made the the Moore pick. But here's why I didn't. Kyle Shanahan is a filthy, no good whore. He's a running back whore. He's been there five years. No running back has repeated. As the lead, as the leading rusher for that team, every single one of his running backs has been hurt and missed extended time. And I kind of felt like I did this in 2000 and I think it was 18 with Matt Breda. Not to say that Elijah Mitchell is going to be Matt Breda, but we had the hype. We had that this guy's going to be the guy, and he wasn't the guy. Jarek and, McKinnon and like, too. Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert. 
Jeff Wilson. They still use Kyle Juszczyk. Again, when it comes to this running back position, what do they all have in common? Kyle Shanahan, filthy running back whore. And they all get hurt. Because And I'm not making that up. I'm not putting the jinx on anybody. It's just a fact. You go through and look at the game logs going back to like it was 2018. Everybody gets hurt. Sorry. I mean, I, I, and and you're going to be adding in someone stealing some rushes in Trey Lance. So th- th- there was a confluence of events there that does, I don't hate Elijah Mitchell. I actually like what I saw quite a bit. But for me, I can't do it. Uh, my first pick in the second round, I'm going to go ahead and bite the bullet. This is the the, the, the the area where I don't mind gambling on QBs. I got a lot of Daniel Jones in 2019 in this spot, like that early second. And, guys, this is where you should be drafting this coming year. When you see the names like Sam Howell and Carson Strong and all these slap dicks that are going to be overdrafted, this is the area you take them. You do not pass on Traylon Burks. You do not pass on Garrett Olave. You do not pass on Isaiah Spiller to take a guy whose upside is a QB2. But for me, it, this is the kind of area where maybe I trade back in at the 202 and, and, and grab a guy like Zach Wilson. And that's what you should be doing. You, you should not say anything but tip your cap. You should don your cap to your league mates when they overdraft these mediocre, non-special quarterbacks. It's like you're literally drafting Baker Mayfield without the draft capital. Literally, that's what you're doing. That's what I saw in uh, – I, I, I saw uh, – I mean, you see flashes of upside with all these guys. The only thing this QB class has going for it, and go watch the video on YouTube, is that they may fall far enough in the draft to land on good teams. If someone lands on the the Steelers or someone lands on a team like that with a good front office and good weapon, that's different. But when you're drafted to the Carolina Panthers, I didn't curse, Jerry, the Carolina Panthers, and you've got to deal with what's been ineptitude, and you have to come in and day one and be the savior, that puts these young quarterbacks in a bad spot. And that's why Zach Wilson has fallen so far. So for me, 202 Zach Wilson, super flex, tight end premium, fairly easy call. I uh, I thought you were going to go Davis Mills for a second there, but uh, his his outcome is too short term, I think. So I, I'm sort of, I'm glad you didn't. I was going to give you a little bit of heat for that. I, I'm, I'm cool with Zach Wilson. You know, this is the spot where you got to take a young guy like that. I'll be, I'll be honest. Had we had this conversation after free agency in the draft, I, I would have taken if had I known now. I'm sorry. Had I know, you know, if, if I'd have had commitment from the Houston Texans saying that Davis is our quarterback, we yeah. can't. We we we've waited a whole year. We can't patch things up with Deshaun Watson. We're not trading for a guy. If I knew more, then I would have taken Davis Mills, but. It's a it's a it's a super flex league. This is that, that's a great plot price because Zach, what Zach Wilson got the one hundred two NFL draft capital behind yeah, him. So, so that's going to get me the rest there. of this year. That's going to get me at least twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. They yeah. may or may not pick up his fifth year option. I'm at least going to get what I call a Trubisky. That's four years of a rookie deal. Sure. I, I can plug him in as a as a as a as a bullpen QB three. Oh hey hey he's playing Miami. Cool. Let's let, let's let him play against Miami. Oh, he's playing Buffalo. Get him off my roster. Get him on the bench. So he's one of those guys I can bullpen and platoon as a as a as a QB two 
based on the matchup. And for my guy at 15, I'm going to take Devonta Smith. And it's sort of like my Justin Fields pick. You know, he's a, a high ceiling enough prospect for me to not let him slip any further. But nothing I saw was special. Um, and so I, I'm going to take him in this spot because it's going to get ugly. And it's going to be super dart throwy from here on out. And he, he did show some signs of life. You know, and and he survived an entire season, which is something. You know, skinny leg jokes aside, I got I got little skinny legs too. I can't help it. But you know, it just I don't love Jalen Hurts. I don't love really anything about that team. They run an ass load, and I just don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be good enough to make him an elite dynasty asset. And while I think Devonta Smith could be extremely good on a in a different situation. If he had Kirk Cousins throwing to him, I would be much more optimistic about it, but I don't. And I don't live in that world. And we don't live in a world of ifs and buts or candy and nuts. It'd be Christmas all year long. We have to live in reality. And in reality, Devonta Smith is Devonte Parker. Like if he had a good season where he put together 1100 yards and eight touchdowns, I wouldn't be stunned. Am I going to be relying on him championship week for multiple seasons? Under no circumstance can I possibly foresee that being the case. And that's why he has to go at 15 and not much higher on this list. Randall, thoughts? A little spicy, but I, I think it's chocked with reality. Uh, there was other wide receivers I would have taken there. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll okay. kind of, you know, we'll do a quick hitter. We'll, we'll go through a round and a half. We'll go uh, two more picks for me, one more for you. We'll get through 18. Cool. So, so my guy's Michael Carter, and again, you know, if if he'd have played the full season, he didn't play the last five games. Am I looking at the right guy? No, it was. I'm sorry, that was his teammate uh, Elijah Moore. You know, he had had a couple of good games. He had the 32 point game. He had a 10 point game, an 18 point game. He got hurt midway through a game. I think he got a concussion, if I remember correctly, and 7.5. Then he missed. He missed a stretch of three games. He still allowed, he still averaged 11.03 points per game, double digit running back. If, if, if I told you going into this year's rookie draft, hey, you're going to get a guy that's going to play NFL football and he's going to give you 11 PPR points a game, you would take him before the, the 204. So yeah. for me, um, I, I would have drafted him higher, kind of the same as the Davis Mills. If I had some some certainty they weren't going to bring in a crusty-ass veteran like a Melvin Gordon who's a free agent or a guy like that to kind of come in, you know, but if, as long as he's competing with the Tevin Coleman's and the, and the Ty Johnson's of the world, he's going to be the guy. Now, if, now this is where you got to speculate. Do I want to go out and get Michael Carter now and hope that he doesn't get significant competition or – do I just want to kind of wait and play it out and see? Because, but, but you know, I know, everybody knows that if you wait, we wait, we get more information. The industry and Dynasty Twitter is going to explode and it's going to be buy every mother share of Michael Carter you can get your greasy mitts on. Correct. So if, if you believe in him, go for it. If you don't, I understand. But here's the thing the Jets have four of the top 40 picks. Four. Thank you, Seattle. Take all the Jamal Adams you want. I'll find another Jamal Adams, and I'll, I'll, I'll package him up too. Take him. 
So they have a lot of draft capital. The odds of him getting at least competition. Competition is always competition. Is that better or worse? I don't know. But if you believe in the talent, not not a bad flyer at 204. I'm, I ain't mad at you. He was definitely – I mean, he had to go. I think, you know, we've been – I've been, at least me, breaking this down into tiers. And I think we now have the tiers of just guys that I'm just going to take a shot on and just hope it works out. Uh, and my guy's going to be Josh Palmer. He just – Mike Williams – you know, probably not going to be around. Keenan Allen's up there in age. You get Justin Herbert. I like the kid. He showed signs. Not, you know, not awesome. But do you really expect him to be awesome with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams having a breakout season? Not really. But the opportunity is going to be there for him to grow. Uh, and that's that's what I'm doing with this sort of pick. It's just taking a shot, swinging for the fences, and, you know, really trying to just – smack home some value. And as far as the rest of the guys are concerned, like I just like Rondale Moore. I don't know. I mean, I could see it maybe Rashad Bateman. Like there's just, I don't know. I, I so I'm going to take the best quarterback in that situation. I'm going to go Josh Palmer. He's going to be my pick, Randy. Who are you rounding this bad boy out with? And what do you got on Palmer? I, I like Palmer. I, I really thought he was going to be the third round guy that was going to have a good rookie season. Uh, I think a lot of people think the guy to break out, as the wide receiver on a team in L.A. This coming season will be Van Jefferson. But kind of like I said earlier, uh, uh, I'm going Josh Palmer. I don't know if Mike Williams stays. I know they're damn sure not going to franchise tag him. You are not paying that man, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill money to catch 76 balls. And if that is the case, I I think the biggest needs on this L.A. team are defense. You know, I I think the biggest, and this is a little sidebar, I think the biggest – uh, commodity in the draft this year is going to be defensive tackle. Because if we learned anything from the AFC championship game and the NFC championship game, if you don't have a quarterback and you have a, a mediocre quarterback, then you better have a, a guy like Aaron Donald. You better have a guy like Eric Armstead. Um, you better have a guy like DeForest Buckner who can disrupt the quarterback. So I, I think there's going to be a big run on defensive tackle, but yeah, that that's uh that's where I'm going. Thoughts? No, I'm about it. All right. So last guy, it's Davis Mills. I wasn't <laughs> going out of here without I wasn't going out of here without Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Give me all the Davis Mills. I got a little sidetracked talking about defensive defensive tackles, and that was the reason why I think uh, LA will use their free agent money and their draft picks on defensive tackle. But I got so wrapped up in defensive tackles, I forgot about Davis Mills. So so here's why I like Davis Mills. Unlike some other guys, do, do you know that the GM that drafted Davis Mills is still going to be in Houston? Now I do. And, and I think that Nick Casario and this team, I think you have to look around. Now, you're more of a Debbie guy than I will be. There's a couple of true studs in next year's rookie. And those are just the two guys that we know of. C.J. Stroud and um, the, the guy from Alabama run the high Young draw. Thank you. Br- great last name, by the way. Um, Bryce Young. I mean – And I think Detroit is running this template as well. They're going to give golf another year. I think Philadelphia is going to run this template in 2022. Why wouldn't Houston go with the guy you've already got? See what you got. Davis Mills did not play bad down the stretch. Plays. I'm sorry to say, because I'm a Colts fan, but he plays in a very winnable division. 
I'll be very curious to see the, who they bring in as the head coach and what they do. I tell you, this Houston team could be a lot of fun. If they manage to move Deshaun Watson for a bunch of picks and they're able to add some some pieces. Now, clearly, if it, it depends on how the draft goes. They have a top three pick. I think it's going to be some combination of Thibodeau, Hutchinson, and uh, Evan Neal, the, uh, the, the offensive tackle. So that's clearly what they're going to do with their first pick. They drafted Nico Collins. Why wouldn't you give these guys a second year to see what's out there? You're not going to get a bunch of free agents. No one wants to come to Houston for whatever reason for a shitty team. They don't have any cap space. So why wouldn't you run it back one more year with Davis Mills? Give him the full season. Give him the offseason program. Give him the new head coach. And if he stinks, hey, what do you know? That works out in your advantage because you might be the 101 in 2023 and you might get to choose between Bryce Young and um, C.J. Stroud. So for me, there's – and the worst-case scenario – the best-case scenario is that you wind up with a Kirk Cousins, Dak-esque guy that maybe you never sign long-term unless you're Dallas, but you know the kind of guy that you can string out for a few years, keep on a cheap rookie deal, and really pump this team up with a lot of young players and, and talent. So for me, I, I think I'm going to get at least one more year out of Davis Mills, and I would much rather go – that route than uh, some of the wide receivers because I would rather just draft a wide receiver this year in the rookie class. I agree, I agree with you. I uh, I was I was hoping you were going to say Davis Mills. I'm not super shocked that you did say Davis Mills. It's a good one, and it's a super flex mock. It's Take a super flex mock. Now, now l- let me ask you this, and we're going to end this with with this question: Who is the one guy that you didn't draft, or maybe we didn't draft, that we're going to get the most heat for? That the, uh, the the listeners now we have good listeners who like us and very, very but, but who is the one that's going to get us the most question marks? You damn well know who it is, and it's the same guy we've had this talk about the last couple of weeks. Say his name. Say his name. Rashad Bateman. That's the one. It just what 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 is he low got volume offense? Low volume offense and just. Another first-round wide show? receiver. What did he show that was excellent? What did he show to suggest that you are going to plug him into a championship week roster and assume that he is going to beat another team's championship caliber wide receivers? I saw nothing that even came close to resembling that. No, thank I, you. I mean, I'm j- good. J- just, just for me, I'm, I'm looking at his stats. He had 46 catches. Now, he did miss some games. Yeah. But he had one touchdown, one 100-yard game. They still have Hollywood Brown. And here's the thing. They Mark still Andrews. have Mark Andrews. J.K. Dobbins is coming back. You know, this is where my Traylon Burks rant's going to come through. The guy who had the drum beat this time last year was Rashad Bateman. Bateman, Bateman, Bateman. Now, he missed the combine. He was hurt. He didn't do any pro days and still went in the first round. Where I'm seeing Traylon Burks being mock drafted by the Mel Kuypers and the Lance Zerlines and stuff is right in that pocket of teams in that that mid-20s range where he went last year. Again, I don't know much about Traylon Burks, so this is not a Traylon Burks take. This is merely a hype take. Regardless of what Traylon Burks, for me, already in this class, I will tell you he is the most value-insulated wide receiver in this class because he's going to come in with steam. He's going to come in with that Corey Davis, Rashad Bateman, Cortland Sutton. He's going to come in with that steam. 
So whether he produces and is the next Jamar Chase or whether or not he's the next Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, Cortland Sutton, it does not matter. He will not lose value. Why? Because we've been told already, it's not even February, we've been told how mother effing good this guy is. It's the, it's the Rashad Bateman conversation all over again. The difference is, is I don't know where this guy's going to land yet, nor does it matter. This guy could get hurt and not produce as a rookie. It doesn't matter. I will tell you with what I know today on January 24th, I can tell you he is the most value insulated. That's all I'm saying. His value will hold because of the steam we've already seen on his name, Jerry. We see it every single year. So if you want to go upside with safety and you're between two wide receivers, maybe you're between you're between, you know, Chris Olave and Traylon Burks. You're between Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks. Just know. Just know you have you have a cushion. You have a buffer that Twitter and Dynasty Twitter has bought for you, my friend. That was my rant on Traylon Burks. It's nothing about him or his talent or his landing spot or his 40 time or his game. None of that matters. This is merely a value statement about you. It's hard to lose value on a guy like that. Draft Twitter influences. You're at a loss for words. Well, it's because draft Twitter influences dynasty Twitter a lot more than it should. Every single player that gets drafted in the first round is an excellent athlete and they all look great in everything that you do in analytics and in film. They all look wonderful. It doesn't necessarily mean it translates. Rashad Bateman, great prospect, first round draft capital, drafted by the Ravens in a Mark Andrews escrow. The Titans. Like, like if you go to the Titans with, with AJ Brown already there. That might be a bad example because he's so high. But where's like a landing spot like Philadelphia? Jalen like, Hurts. I mean, think, think about think about them. No, just think about that, that Philadelphia. It's the same thing, kind of. Yeah. You know, you've got Dallas Goddard, an emerging tight end. You've got Rager, who still has first round draft capital. He's terrible, but he has first round draft capital. Carolina. You have Devonte Smith, Carolina. There's another really good one. Denver. Not that I think they would use the draft capital required right. to get a Burks. But you see where I'm going. You know, does he go to Indy? And not that Indy has a first round pick, but now he's competing with with uh Pittman in another low volume offense. Indy was bottom five in run and in, in, in uh pass percentage versus run percentage. But regardless of where they land, you have a cushion. You do have a cushion. I mean, I mean that sort of came out with Devonta Smith too, to an extent, even in our mock, and he slipped farther in our mock than I think he would have in most. Well, see, Jerry, that was the that was the point of doing this. That was the whole point of having this conversation was to remind you of what you see in April and May is not what you'll see in January of 2023. I want you to take a step back when you're drafting, and you're going to hear a lot of this this year because Jerry and I are really going to try to help you hone in, not so much on players, but on the process, the process of how you draft in your rookie drafts. We're going to ask more questions than we ever have. We're going to poke holes. We're not going to break out our pom-poms and cheerlead. I'm going to push back on Jerry when Jerry's like, two, four, six, eight, Kenneth Walker is so great. (laughs) Jerry, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That might be the best bit you've ever done. (laughs) 
Well, thank you. But, and and I, you I, picked I, Kenny, which was a, well, that well, was a good well, one Of course, because I, I know who you stand for already. I already know who you stand for. But that's the point. Our job is to ask questions. Too many people in this dynasty space, all they want to do is wave Paul. And that's great. They yeah. might as well just tell you that, that we're super fans just like you. We're doing a podcast. Yeah. I, I am going to look for as, as many reasons as they're looking for why a player can't miss. I'm going to look for every reason why they can't hit. And we're going to ask questions and we're going to be real honest in our draft process in 2022, Jerry. It's for your like benefit. Randy's earning his law degree this, this offseason. Listen, here for it. here's the thing. When you have the facts on your side, you bang on the facts. When you have the truth on your side, you bang on the truth. When you have neither on your side, you bang on the table. So there you go, Jerry. We're going to get out of here. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff. Thank you for, for rookie content. I got rookie fever. That man's got rookie fever. And next week, Jerry, we'll talk rookies in some form or fashion. I may even, uh, spoiler alert, have a little special guest for you, and it'll probably be rookie wide receivers. But until then, that man's name is Jerry Sinclair. We're going to ask you to go over and check out our friends at Hate Brand Goods. That's the HVIII.com. And they have a new line coming out this Thursday. It's called Complacency Kills the Soul. And if you're complacent and you're it just it, it marries to what we do. If you're complacent with your dynasty rosters, if you're complacent with your process, it's going to kill the soul of your team. Plus, Matt's a great guy. He's, a, he's an interesting guy. And you can head over to the HVIII.com, use promo code Memphis. It will save you money as well as patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Come, Jerry, it's almost startup season. Best time of the year, my friend. Almost startup season. I've already got like a half a list of Lucky 13, patron Lucky 13. It's filling up, Jerry. So if you want to compete with me and Jerry, if you want to have the smacketh laid down on your dynasty ass, come join patreon.com forward slash. Jerry, who's the best startup dynasty gamer you know? And why is it me? It's me. Jerry, I didn't say who's the best productive struggle dynasty startup drafter no, you know. No, 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 it's still who's me. the who's the best at winning dynasty startup drafts. Uh huh. That's right. It's me. It's your boy. It's Memphis. But on behalf of that man, his name is Jerry Sinclair. You can follow him at Jerry Sin DWZ. You can follow me at DWZ Memphis. Thanks for supporting the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe everywhere. If you're not going to support our sponsors freest easiest way to support us was with a rating a review a subscription help us out help us drive numbers and and jerry what are we doing here randy here at the dynasty war zone we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football two four six eight kenneth walker he's so great maybe not until next time guys have a great it's hate brand goods that's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit. That little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like fuck all that, man. I know like I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. 
And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to thehate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak